listening to yet another episode of Smash the Bug. I'm your host, Joseph Maxwell, and it is an absolute privilege of mine to take you on this journey of growth, career development, as we all are e-commerce developers in one form or fashion. Our podcast today is the continuation of a two-part series that wasn't originally intended to be two parts, but it really is. So it's a, it's a, it is one of my favorites that I have done, a sip from the fire hose. It is incredible. Probably remember a couple weeks ago when we started our conversation with Ihor Miliano uh, from a, the chief architect for uh, the Adobe Commerce platform. And we are going to continue that here today. So without further ado, let's jump in. So modularity, is there a couple of rules you can talk to us about that you've learned over the years? So it, you know, like, and uh, sorry, not answering your question directly, uh, but okay. you know, like in software arch- architecture, uh, like most of the question, I would say the vast majority and uh, the vast majority of answers for for all the questions is uh, kind of kind of maybe maybe framed as it depends. Because right. it depends on the circumstances. It depends on the uh, uh, like on 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 the answer of who you are. Whether you are a platform developer, whether you are extension developer, the answer might be different. And uh, you know, like because when we will be talking about modularity, uh, because the whole idea of modularity related to two metrics: coupling and cohesion. And not not a lot of people understand uh, and can define the coupling and how the coupling uh, is different from cohesion. Because usually, usually most of the people consider that cohesion is something good, while coupling is something bad. And you need to have uh, high coupling and low cohesion. But uh, you know, like uh, and, and uh, you know, like most of the books uh, covering software architecture, usually they 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 never define how to achieve a good coupling, for example. And uh, mm-hmm. there, there might be, and actually in Magento, we tried multiple, multiple different things trying to achieve uh, good coupling, I mean, low coupling and good cohesion. I would not say that all of those initiatives uh, were proven with time and we keep doing uh, our due diligence there, but, it's it's interesting because uh, you know like when we started like you also need to consider that magento 2 is kind of uh, as uh, came through the uh, process of refactoring of magento 1 mm-hmm. and specifically in magento 1 uh, not a lot of people realize that we have dependency held there because there was no dependency injection. Uh, right. We had the service yep. locator pattern so that we dynamically loaded all the dependencies on the fly so that not a lot of uh, developers, even core developers, realized uh, how bad our situation rela- regarding the regarding the coupling. And uh, with Magento 2, when we make it, uh, when we introduce the constructor uh, dependency, we only that time when we, we realize how how big the dependency hell is and that this is actually our major problem and uh, you know like 
many people uh, were complaining on Magento 2.0 and uh, most probably 2.1 as, as well. I, I would say that we got the performance parity between between Magento 2 and Magento 1 only, probably only along with 2.2 somewhere. Because initially Magento 2 was slower, and actually the main reason why mm-hmm. why it was slower because we we use uh, constructor dependency injection and we had to instantiate all the objects, even so that uh, all, not all those dependencies were needed for the specific operation. Let's consider like uh, product models probably the best example because in product right. model we had more than forty different uh, external classes being injected. And uh, you may consider that if the product model is used only, I don't know, for, for what purposes, to retrieve uh, product name and, uh, and product price, for example, for the case of the shopping cart, right? Only product name, product price, and uh, uh, product image. We now need all these uh, all this external dependencies. Mm-hmm. But uh, taking into account that we have uh, a constructor dependency injection, we need to instantiate all those 40 different classes, and not only those 40, exter- uh, 40 classes, but also That's all right. the external dependencies of those classes as well. So it's recursive. And uh, it's, it's pretty difficult to make, it, to make it happen when you have such a dependency help. So that... You may you may understand how many refactoring been done to make this uh, performance parity between uh, Magento one, which uses dynamic loading, and Magento two, which uh, which uh, we we call it internally like uh, uh, honest honest dependencies and honest contracts. That we yeah. are just we, we are not trying to hide uh, what the external dependency the specific class needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so it's yeah. Th- that's why uh, it's it's interesting the, the the definition of coupling and cohesion, and uh, it's, and I'm still not answering your modularity question. I'm just trying to introduce a lot of complexity around this stuff. And, well, because uh, there is a lot of nuance, and it's this backstory that matters so much to these conversations. So that's why this is a really good co- conversation. Yes. Yeah, and uh, uh, we initially started to make this uh, uh, cyclomatic complexity, and we started to use uh, the the uh, static analysis to define the cyclomatic complexity. We even uh, had some, and we defined some threshold. If I'm not mm-hmm. wrong, it was ten, and we decided to uh, make a refactoring of all the methods which with a cyclomatic complexity of higher than ten. Because uh, usually it was a good sign that uh, 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 that uh, we have violation of coupling uh, and, and so on and so forth. Then, uh, and when you say cyclomatic complexity, just for everybody who's listening, um, that's basically how many indents are in a in a uh, yeah. in a method. Yeah, so the, the possibility of leave the method so that you may consider if you have a lot of different possibility to, to, to make yeah. a return uh, from, from this method, it increases uh, the cyclomatic complexity. 
and you know like uh, some of the uh, some of the software engineering books and i believe robert martin they they recommend not to use a lot of indents in your method at all maybe one uh, the rule of the one indent so that you may have either one if or uh uh or cycle uh but no, not not for, for for example, like if inside of the loop is not considered as a good practice. So and uh, you know, like it's uh, especially when you try to put those uh, require like those recommendations to extreme, because when you try to make your uh, code to be object oriented, usually you shouldn't be doing a lot of conditional logic. Uh, logic right. that's why the whole idea of the rule like tell don't ask is not making a lot of conditions you, you you suppose ideally you're supposed just to tell you should be very uh like you, you make you, you should make the comments uh not ask the permission to make those comments and usually this is the whole reason of this conditional logic when uh, the execution code checks many different conditions and based on those checks it make the decision whether we can proceed further or we, we need to make something else. Maybe we need to leave the method and so on and so forth. So, yeah, uh, that was interesting. Uh, but we, at some point of time, we realized that we can be refactoring Magento too long, but still not achieve the whole, the, uh, uh, not, not achieve the goal of decreasing the cycle, uh, de decreasing the uh, cyclomite complexity across all the code base because code base at time probably was like 2 million lines of code, something like that, which is, which is quite a lot. So that yes. we decided to, to make the combination of those metrics, uh, with a bit like, and the, there is a well-known metric with not very, uh, good sounding, uh, name, which is crap. So that uh, the whole idea is to have a combination of the cyclomatic complexity and test coverage, and uh, so that we we try to use it for some time, and uh, yeah, uh, then we we try to uh, to be even more sophisticated, uh, checking some uh, Git history, trying to to find out what specific methods are being uh, updated more than others. So that okay. usually if you, you, you update in the method and uh, it's, uh, there are a lot of bugs being fixed for the specific method, it means that uh, you have a problem there and you have this churning and uh, you either need to refactor this method or you need to, to, to make the full test coverage of the specific method. So that you have a lack of mm. uh, 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 test coverage. So it was even more complicated. Currently, of we, we we have some uh, even more interesting idea of having, and but you know, like it's uh, it introduces a lot of complexity and it reduces a lot of time being spent for uh, CI/CD execution. That's why at some point of time we reach uh, like three or four hours being uh, for uh, CICD run and it was unacceptable because if uh, after even small change your builds uh, need right. uh, like three hours to run 
to validate your uh, your change, it's the time waste and there's this resources waste as well. That's why currently we are trying to introduce some AI to, to help us predict what tests need to be run and so on and so forth. But no, nice. no matter. So I, I just wanted to, to, to introduce some more complexity. But uh, uh, getting back to, to modularity and uh, coupling and cohesion, it's interesting because uh, like how to define what specifically should be and like, mm-hmm. To talk about modularity, we need to, to, to understand or to define, to introduce a definition of what is the code module. Uh, because here it might yes. be some nuances. Uh, and if we consider the code module is uh, only a logical uh, grouping of the, of the source code, uh, and, uh, you know, like, I like a, Maybe, and by the way, maybe logical grouping uh, would not correspond to the physical uh, location of the, of the code so that it might be st- still physically spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specifically in different uh, different languages, it might be it might be different. Uh, and also it depends on whether your your language is uh, functional, whether it's object oriented, whether it's procedural. So there might be some nuances. In uh, in PHP and specifically in Magento and Magento two because we are we are pretty object oriented system right uh, right yeah, yeah. we and uh, we also inherited this idea of modularity or the idea of module at least from Magento one with some uh, with some exception because in Magento one we had uh, those cross-cutting modules like admin HTML, mm-hmm. for example, and right. for, and uh, that was a dependency help because you may understand that all other modules in the system were dependent on on that specific module, so that uh, there were some parts related to admin f- f- functionality or back office functionality, and uh, that back office functionality belonged to admin HTML module. Same as core. It was, uh, that's why you may consider that it, it you know, like, I, ideally, um, and again, it depends on how the system is being modularized, because potentially you may consider a system which will be, which will follow the idea of the layered architecture, so that there will be mm-hmm. just different layers, and there will uh, also, like, a lot of tendency to have layered architecture, like 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, so that I believe this is what the vast majority of uh, web projects have started, so that there was a separation between presentation layer, business logic, Mm -hmm. and uh, database access layer. Maybe there were additional uh, layers being introduced, like in Magenta, we we don't have the specific persistence layer, we have uh, have a resource model, uh, right, which yeah. is more sophisticated concept. So that uh, the number of those tiers might be maybe more than three, but uh, the typical ar- architecture back back to th- those days were uh, three-tier architecture. Or contrary to that, you may have modules which represent some domain domain matters, and especially after Eric Evans' uh, big uh, blue book. The domain-driven design became very, very popular. Became very, it became uh, another buzzword that mm-hmm. lot of people tried to achieve some, some, uh, 
uh, the main dri uh, dri uh, driven design uh, uh, state not uh, especially like moving there like end here architecture towards the main driven design okay and uh, it, it's it's hard to to combine both of the concept that's like and one of the reasons that's uh, when we started to make the modularity in, in magenta probably six or seven years ago we decided to eliminate those uh gut modules so that we we eliminated admin html we had eliminated core module Mm -hmm. And we decided to came to the idea of the domain concept because the worst thing you may, you may have, if you will be mixing the, the, uh, layered architecture on the level of modularity with, uh, right. with the main concept. And this exactly was what was in Magento one, like having this admin HTML, which is a great example of the, uh, layered architecture. So that, that, that was the whole module, which was responsible for for back office uh, uh, functionality, right? Mm -hmm. And we started to, to, yeah. to put, put this idea on the on the on the modules. Even so, that we 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 had uh, some god modules, like catalog, for example, because most of the modules have a dependency on the catalog. And uh, yeah, because uh, such entity like a product is being used everywhere. And, uh, you know, like from the domain driven design perspective, it's, it's again, very, very challenging because, uh, for example, if you want to show the product in the shopping cart, is it the same product which you have in catalog or it's another type of the product? That's right. And, and this is pretty tricky question because, uh, usually the answer is not. And, uh, because, uh, and that was one of the reasons and, you know, like, uh, and in Magento 2, when we introduce our REST APIs and we, when we introduce our service contracts, the whole idea of our service contracts was to have only one extensibility point. That's why we, we thought that it would be great to have only one, uh, let's say, product interface and to That's make right. a party developer to make the customization of this product interface, for example, change the product name for some reason. I don't know. For yes. example, make the concatenation with a uh, discount price sale 10% or 25%. And so that this change will, will be applied throughout the project. And uh, uh, that was a great idea. But uh, for example, uh, for the mini shopping cart scenario, with no need to load the whole product entity with uh, this enormous uh, number of product attributes which for some merchants might be just hundreds, some merchants might be thousands, especially. That's right. We, like uh, several weeks ago, we had a call with one of the merchants from the auto part uh, details, and they, they have thousands of uh, product attributes. Yep. So that you you should not be retrieving all those thousands of product attributes to, to display the product in the shopping cart. And, uh, you know, like uh, there are some... Uh, and definitely in software, software architecture, uh, there are answers to all those uh, questions and, uh, those yes. and the domain driven design also provide, uh, provides a possibility to, to address those issues as well. Having different entities, usually it's called backend for front end and you may have product entity in the scope of 
catalog, product entity in the scope of, uh, let's say, uh, shopping cart, product entity in the scope of order domain, and so on and so forth. Uh, again, uh, as uh, getting back to, to the first uh, law of software architecture, everything is trade-off, so that there is no silver bullet. That's why usually you are paying with uh, data consistency, or at least you introduce a lot of complexity for data consistency uh, to, right. to make it happen, to make those changes uh, spread across different domains and so on and so forth. So wow. and I, I, you know, like I, I know I'm dumping too much information and still I did not come closer to the, to the initial uh, question of your regarding regarding the modularity, but you know, like those are, <laughs> those are all this complexity. And so I am trying to introduce a lot of complexity related to the modularity. And it, that's why it's very, very hard to define what, what the specific metrics uh, or what this, for, first of all, you need to, to understand what your uh, specific uh, um, architecture characteristics, whether your layered architecture, because in layered architecture, the definition of modularity might be completely different. And uh, right. or whether you are domain architecture, because potentially, potentially as a third party developer, you may, you may be completely like, uh, you may completely neglect the recommendation of what Magenta has regarding the modularity. And you may, you may decide to build the layered architecture, not the domain driven architecture. And it may be, it may be, I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm not sure what the extension quality uh, tool will, will give you, uh, what, what, what kind of assessment will be provided. Yeah. Uh, pro- probably it's not that high because uh, we, uh, we, at some point of time, we decided to, to, to enforce uh, same requirement which we have uh, for uh, core developers, for extension developers as well. So that even so that from my perspective, I, I try to be more democratic here, trying to say that for extension developers, they, they may like, they, they, extension developers should have a possibility to choose whether they need to, to have all those uh, yeah. requirements or not. Because that's, the vast, uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because you know, like the vast majority of extensions are not being customized by uh, system integrators, for example. Mm-hmm. And they usually they're being used by, but they're not customized a lot. That's why maybe, maybe having the same set of requirements is not, is overkill. So it's, yeah. it's, that, that, that's another good point. So I, I was trying to be more democratic, but, but people decided that we need to enforce and, uh, uh, and third party developers should follow our authority, uh, in yep. this perspective. Oh, I, I understand. Yeah, but, I understand. But that's... because I mean, not, not because we are trying to be so strict, but because, you know, like when you have one set of rules, it's much easier to, uh, spread them, uh, to different projects. But if you have different set of rules for uh, third party developers, uh, different mm-hmm. set of rules for us, it's, uh, it's more complex to, to keep, uh, those set of rules uh, and uh, keep up to date and so on and so forth. That's why oh, it is. You know, only from that decision was made only from the maintenance component mostly. That's, that's really good. Ihor, this has been really good. I, I, I see we're actually a little over, over time. I actually might split this into two, uh, two podcast uh, segments just because it's like, 
literally has been a sip from the fire hose. This has been really good. Uh, I've learned a lot. I've taken some notes myself. Um, and this is absolutely fantastic. Really well, like I said, thought out material. Like you, you didn't prove me wrong at all. What I, how I introduced you, you, you just reiterated to everybody who's listening to this, just what a genius you are. Uh, yeah, I still have some, some objections regarding that, but that's fine. You can, I said it, so that's okay. (laughs) Anyways, um, thank you. Thank you for joining, uh, this, this podcast. Uh, I I am very grateful for this. I have a lot to learn to digest myself, a lot to think through because I want to, I want to put this into practice, what you've talked about as far as when I'm doing architecture as well. So this is good. Thank you for your time, your effort. Uh, and I really appreciate it. Sure, of course. And, uh, you, you know, like, and that was still half of my answer to the modularity because I did not even touch base the uh, MSI because uh, I, I believe this is the good practical reference for the modularity and how it might look uh, like. Uh, taking into account that we decided to, to be very granular. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so it, it may be, and, you know, we'll, we'll have you back. I'll have you back on that because I agree there's that, that mod, that system has received some hate as far as like how many modules there are in there and all that stuff. And, and again, it's about exposing the decisions, the why, like you said, the why, as opposed to the how, uh, I think, I think people are gonna get a lot of value from that. So, um, if you're up for it, um, maybe we should, maybe we should come back together and we'll, uh, record another podcast just talking about MSI. How about that? Sure. And, uh, and along with MSI, I believe we will, we'll need to make a touch base on regards of the coarse grain API versus fine grain API, because it's very, very related. Because, yes. and again, this is the architectural choice, whether you would like to retrieve as, as much information as possible, or you, uh, contrary to that, you prefer to have a very granular API. And, uh, you know, like, that's good, yeah. along with the time, the answer and the, the, the industry answer is being, being changed as well. That's why specifically the microservice architecture is getting so popular lately. Because uh, my microservice architecture specifically is tuned for fine grain APIs, and like ten years ago, there was no compute power to to make it uh, fairly efficient. Well, now it's possible yeah. so that so that people people started to use it more broadly, and uh, yeah, and uh, for and another, I believe the interesting topic which will touch base uh, in the scope of that conversation is what exactly part you would like to substitute because uh, for example mm, that's good you, you you may consider that you you're a headless commerce uh, from the perspective that your front end is completely decoupled but you also may consider that the specific implementation is a matter uh, is, is a variable as well like i mentioned previously mm-hmm. regarding the search adapter so that uh, you may consider that you have like a uh, solar implementation or elastic search implementation or even live search implementation, which might be a SaaS uh, service. But along with that, you provide some business API and this business API just abstract away all the specific implementation behind the scene. So yeah, yeah. and based on all those, uh, based on all those requirements, you, you end up 
uh, having the specific size of the module, specific numbers of the module, and so on and so forth. Wow. Yeah, I, I think we got to have a good. We're gonna have a good conversation about this. Uh, so I'll I'll reach back out. We'll get you. We'll get scheduled, and we'll follow up this conversation with another one. Um, Eeyore, how can people reach reach you? So if they're like, or at least follow you. Um, I assume I, you know you have Twitter. Uh, where is yeah. there any other places you're active? I want to say that I'm active in community Slack, but maybe I'm less active uh, there uh, right now than I was like two years ago. But still, if people ping me and they uh, use handle with my uh, name, I'm trying to, to, to provide an answer. So at least okay. periodically I'm, I'm checking community site. Excellent. Okay. Eeyore, thank you. Thank you very much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I really appreciated this opportunity and I've learned a lot and I hope everyone else has learned a lot. So thank you for coming on Smash the Pod, Smash the Bug. Sure. All, all the pleasure is mine. I insist. Uh, it was a great conversation. Thank you. Excellent. Well, it was an absolute pleasure having Ihor on this uh, podcast, Smash the Bug. Uh, it was definitely a sip from the fire hose. And there is no shame in going back and just listening to this, taking notes. Honestly, there was such good material coming out of this. It's worthy of you taking some notes. Obviously, we're going to condense it down to some our own notes, our own uh, show notes for this. Uh, so feel free to uh, take a look at those on our website as well. Um, but this was an absolute dynamite uh, episode for Smash the Bug. Really excited to have Ihor on the podcast. So thank you for listening. It's an absolute pleasure having you here. Hope you have a wonderful week and look forward to more great content coming from your friends at Swift Otter. Mm-hmm.